Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies and TV shows that we turn to time and time again for comfort. I'm Elizabeth and I'm joined by my little traveling rambling nugget, Christy. <laughs> She's a rambling man. Who do who party people? How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm tired. I'm recovered, I guess. No, I'm good. I was gone for a very long time. Yes. People may have noticed that we were radio silent last week. No, the week before that. Yeah, and then again this week. Because Christy was on vacation and I was sick, but I wanna like who cares about me being sick? My son being sick. <laughs> I wanna know all about your trip. Tell us about your trip. I don't know what there is to tell. I travel like an like not even like an old person. I think old people maybe have more fun. Um, we drove to South Carolina and like we live in Canada, mm-hmm. so that is a very long drive. <laughs> the it takes about fifteen hours to drive there, but like I don't know, we're like pros at this like whole road tripping thing at this point. And yeah, we went to South Carolina for like nine days or eight days, and we just. Every day we'd get in the car and go, let's drive somewhere else in the state. Or we we drove to Savannah. We drove to Myrtle Beach. We just mostly looked at how, like, literally, we just look at real estate, eat stuff, and then go, oh, it's a nice tree. And then go to bed. That's the perfect vacation. For me, it is. Well, no. You know what? After this trip again, I was like, I know I'm supposed to be like, I want to see the world. I want to be cultured. But, like, the perfect trip is going to a resort and not having to think about anything because even the conversation of like what are we doing today what are we going to eat today what time do you want to it's too like it's it's still not enough of a break for me Mm -hmm. like we we went to mexico earlier this year and i truly feel like around like day three i was like my brain has actually turned off and it was so nice but on this trip i still every day was like how do we make it fun like what are we doing that's the thing like i am not that girl who has wanderlust maybe like emotionally but not i'm not someone who's like i have places i want to go but i know people who are let's go here let's go there let's do this no No. sleep bus club no i have like like a three-hour window in the afternoon where i'm like excited about things and like what we learned on this trip is that literally we can eat one meal a day we don't need to like plan nights out we don't need to like think of three meals a day we can literally have a snack for breakfast and then a big lunch and then go home and watch gilmore girls for the rest of the night and we are happy pants so that reminds me of that wonderful food tv show food channel tv show uh forty dollars a day with rachel ray i've never watched that i used to love this show basically rachel ray would travel around the world raspy little voice (laughs) and she would have a budget of forty dollars a day and show you what you can eat in paris where you can eat in italy and she would always say get like breakfast skip lunch and have dinner or like you got to skip a meal essentially yeah we were every day we just ate at like 3 p.m and we're like we don't need dinner now and then we'd spend every night back in our bed watching tv and like eating chocolate we bought at Target. So, and like that's all I want to do, especially when I'm in the States, is just like I went to so many different Targets. Really? I want to see every single one because they're all different. They are all different. They're all laid out differently. They all have different shit. 
and we specifically were looking for like Christmas ornaments and every single one had different Christmas ornaments and it became like a thing being like that wasn't at the last four targets well I think that's like anywhere you're like oh do I go to like in Canada we have shoppers drug mart I'm gonna go to the good shoppers or I'm gonna go to the shitty shoppers oh yeah am I gonna go to the good target or I'm gonna go to the regular target I know I, I now I make sure my prescriptions at the good shoppers because I want to be able to peruse while yeah. I because <laughs> it used to be at the shit shoppers and I'm not I'm not into that anymore no luxury I only I wanted a boutique the beauty boutique well i'm glad that you're back because i missed you yeah honestly and it's so funny like i am someone that when i'm when i travel i love coming home like coming home is even more exciting to me than the trip like i love getting back into my routine i like miss my house i miss my things i love it i have had like a great week that's good i've had like such a good time being home like cleaning and like i wash my clothes as soon as i walk in the door the next day like put up the christmas tree clean the house like i was like i was just so happy to be here but i don't you know for months though i was like i can't wait to leave i know but like it really does help traveling i think mentally it does it puts things into perspective just like change your scenery shake things up yeah and doing your makeup out of a bag on some stranger's bed in a bed kitchen it was like a kitchen with a bed in it i'm done like i just want to go back to my home i love routine I love routine. I like the same lighting consistently. Exactly. Like packing for trips is my worst nightmare because I I overpack because I don't know what I'm going to need. No. And also when on trips, I find mirrors... I always feel like shit. I always feel yep. ugly and fat on trips because at home, it's like, that's your like baseline. You have great mirrors in this house. Every time I go into your bathroom, I'm yeah. like, am I the it's most misleading. beautiful girl in the world? It's misleading. <laughs> I have honestly truly believed I was thin this whole time because <laughs> my bedroom mirror, like my mirror where all my clothes are is like, it is the most flattering mirror. And then I, every time I'm on vacation, I'm like this outfit, like I try on my clothes before I go on vacation. You do? Yeah. To make sure I like the outfits. And then I will get to the place and be like, Jesus Christ, that's not at all what I thought. Big mirror is trying to trick us. <sighs> big farm, a big mirror. Yeah. And this place didn't even have a full length mirror, which totally rocked me. I don't have one in my home. What? I've never had a full length mirror. No, I need to know. I don't need to know. I need to know from the tippity top of my top pony to my toes if it all looks cohesive. No, I don't what? like that. I don't, I don't like it. I'll just use my imagination. No. Put the way down, but that's that's okay wow but we're gonna post some of your travel wrecks on instagram just like places you like to eat sure i think it's i think people would want to know i'm just not like an influencer girl i get my info from other people like yeah i am easily influenced i my biggest travel hack is ask your servers where to eat go to a restaurant that you've already heard of is great or you've been wanting to try or you saw on tiktok and then ask them where they eat interesting i do that every trip usually on like the first day i usually write it all down in montreal we had a server write it all on a postcard for us breakfast lunch dinner drinks like laid it all out and it was great because she's like my friend works at this place and this is where all industry people go and it's the best food so that's like my life hack that's a good hack yeah sometimes you get duds sometimes you ask people and they go i don't really know and you're like fuck like here this is the best place (laughs) nervous laugh but also if people like came to our city where would you tell them to go home yeah (laughs) turn around exactly get going exactly but i do love south carolina it's beautiful everything is like the most beautiful thing you've ever like every home is the most beautiful home you've ever seen yeah 
I believe that. And I I don't know what it is, but like, I mean, it's being Canadian, but just being like, do you just have a palm tree on your lawn? Blows my mind. I know. It's so, everything is so pretty. That's like when my nieces came here from Australia and they were like so hyped to see a squirrel because they don't yeah. have squirrels in Australia. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, what a marvelous thing. I was into every bird I saw. Every bird. I was like, look at that motherfucking bird. I hate birds. I want nothing to do with birds, but I was so excited. We saw dolphins. You did. You posted a very excited video of I you. was like screaming about dolphins. It was, look it. at all the tickets. Really the was. Dolphins. And I kept saying to Jeff, have you ever seen one in real life? He's like, probably. And I'm like, I don't think I have. Like In the wild. Yeah, but I was like, maybe Marine World or Marine Land. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe Marine Land. I've never been to Sea World. Maybe Marine Land. But I've never like swam with the dolphins. This was just like, we were literally downtown. We were at a park downtown. And then there was dolphins. Man, cool. I wonder if people who live in beautiful places know that they live in beautiful places. I think so, because everyone there was like their own one-man band tourism. They were like, you have to go here. You have to go here. Like they, if someone came here, I'd be like, I don't know, man, go somewhere else. I've always found Americans be super hospitable. Oh, yeah. And one thing we've always talked about this that Americans do that I don't think Canadians do in the same way. Just pick up and move oh they just move across the country you don't like where you're from they just move whereas in canada we've Mm -hmm. got how many major cities toronto ottawa montreal vancouver edmonton calgary maybe winnipeg Mm. that's if you're desperate questionable yeah like that's not a lot everywhere else everyone's like yeah i'm moving to nashville i'm moving to california i've always thought they they treat their country as one place Mm -hmm. and we treat ours as like it's filler to get to British Columbia. Yeah. Well, you're either you're either you're on either coast, and True. it's a big deal to switch coasts. It is. Whereas there, New York and California are like buddies. Are they? Well, well, at least maybe celebrities. They talk about like, well, that's when I lived in New York, and now I live in California. But don't people who live in New York like hate on people who live in California, and then people who live in California hate about new like things about new york i think the people in new york who hate people from california hate people who got more successful and people in california hate people from new york because they miss their former selves we've seen a lot of people move to texas too (laughs) well that's that's the new like liminal space in between the two now if you can't make it either place you make it there also they have less taxes true so if you want to like if you if you're not sexually active it's a great place to live probably why would you not want to have sex with a cowboy? You don't got to talk to him. Just wear a condom, I guess. Yeah. Terrifying Ask place. no questions. I do really want to go to Austin, but I just don't want to give those people my money. I give Matthew McConaughey my money. I yeah. give him a lot more of my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But I heard he does some weird deodorant and I can't do that. Oh. Like he could be the most lovely man. And if he was like on a ripe day, I'd be like, forget it. His arrest story is always my favorite. They're like, yeah. he's playing bongos too loud, very naked. His book was pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. He's a pretty good writer. I did not decide to read that one. Well, I'm glad you're back. Um, what have you missed while, I've, while you were gone? My whole household got sick. Everybody's sick. My son got super sick. We took him to the hospital. It was just a shit show. I'm still not feeling super great. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we're not friends who hug, so you're not going to get sick. I hope not. And um, I'm finally feeling a little bit like myself, but, oh, Max had his first day of daycare. Yes. And he handled it like a pro. I just put him down and he ran away. Then I cried and then I came back in three hours to pick him up and then he already had the flu. So yeah, <laughs> good times ahead. He had the full spectrum of daycare experience with just the three hours. Yeah. 
other than that, I finally put my Christmas tree up yesterday. Yeah. I have two Christmas trees. That's, That's a big baller. development. That's like Real Housewives shit. That's like Kim Kardashian decorating her bathroom. Not really. <laughs> but I'm usually not a Christmas gal, so this is like me trying really hard to be, you know, Duchess of Christmas for my family. You're going all out. Trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been just like, I don't know. I miss you. That's all. Well, you, even if I was here, you weren't going to see me. You were no. in, you were in that like. I know, but that I, haze of... believe it or not, I refrain from texting you as much as I normally would when you're on vacation. I'm available. I'm I know, but you're on vacation. Yeah, but like most of the time we were driving to like random places hours away every single day. Like I was just, I was a passenger princess. Yeah. I said to make sure the podcasts were rolling and that the map was correct. And I didn't do a good job at either of that. That's okay. And that like the Chick-fil-A was for lunch was added into the route and that's it that's a good i mean marriage you guys were basically like your own little uh, amazing race yeah, we only fought like one time for like three minutes well, Just... i don't even want to get started on fighting <laughs> i listen i'll save this for another podcast my mom told me that i have to be like positive about marriage so mm. i'm gonna i don't think you do just it's so te- like when a baby is sick it's so stressful it's so stressful yeah and my husband's a sweet little man <laughs> but yeah it was tough tough yeah. times no um but anyways let's take a break and come back with our comfort recommendations and we're back mm-hmm. this is the part of the podcast where we tell you things that we are liking living laughing loving things that we do in our regular life to stay comfy and cozy and these are just suggestions that we feel help our mental health and maybe Pick a little, take a little, choose a little. You know, if it works for you, that's great. Chrissy, what are you recommending this week? Okay, so I have like a thing you can purchase. And it also might be like a nice, not nice, but like a a good Christmas gift if you know a person. And then someone I've been watching their TikToks and it's like super comfort, like super comfort core to watch this person. So the first thing is I got one of those. Did I say this last time? I remember I got one of those migraine masks. Natalie was over the other day and she went, Ooh, a VR headset. And I said, no, honey. No, you've told us about the massager that you wear. So now you have. No. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a massager, but for your eyeballs and oh. your temples and it's hot and it does it does play like combi music but you can turn it off and i choose to turn it off but it like inflates and deflates over and over again rubbing like your temples and your eyeballs and if you're anything like me and your headaches are like in your temples it is like so good (laughs) i'm just trying not to laugh because for the longest time i thought they were called tempos are they? Temples? No, they're temples. temples? <laughs> I thought when I was growing up that it was tempos. So what? whenever someone was like, I was like, oh, my tempo hurts. <laughs> massages your tempo. A tempo massager. How much was it? Honestly, it wasn't cheap. It was on sale, but I still think it was 70 bucks. Which okay. Is, I think is kind of like, I think that should be. Another, Canadian. Yeah. I think it should be in the $35 range. They're all over Amazon. Typically for headaches, I use uh, like ice. So heat is not like the common thing I use, but a lot of people do. And it just like, it gets real hot. Uh, if you, <laughs> the first time I it came in the mail, like I had makeup on and when I took it off inside it, you could see my full eyebrow perfectly oh. and my eyelashes perfectly just 
the because it just melted them off. I hugged my son the other day and my eyebrow wiped off on his face. <laughs> totally, I totally understand. It's gonna be traumatic for him, like, Mama. Mama, where's your eyebrow? So if you know someone, it's a good gift. But honestly, if you're someone who's like at their wits end, like I am with pain, like I am now like peppermint oil. Tylenol, Advil, a Red Bull, and then that thing on my head, and I just lay very still and just hope the world will end because I'm in so much pain. But it does help. It feels really nice. So I even like brought that on vacation and the charger because she's she's the tits. Um, and then my other recommendation is there's a TikToker, and she's I'm gonna say local, but I know she drives to Toronto sometimes and says that it's an hour and a half away. So like could be anywhere she could be in pickering i have no idea where this woman lives but her name is tess and i also really like i feel this way about heather mcmahon like we love the comedian uh heather mcmahon which the other day jane fonda posted about her did you see that she's about doing, heather yeah she's doing something with jane fonda and i was like yeah, man, she was she's a, like a guest on her uh podcast she's kicking it up man she Good is for her things are she going... won celebrity jeopardy and she was also on that celebrity bake-off yeah she's doing really good she is uh we knew her when though we knew her before she even had a hundred thousand followers oh my god just back when she'd go i don't i'm not a gynecologist but i'll take a look i'll take a look hey but she when her and i don't even know if her and jeff were engaged yet i don't remember we've been uh, heather mcmahon we love you why was i talking about heather mcmahon i don't remember (laughs) oh my god maybe that mask was a little too tight (laughs) you were saying it's like Heather McMahon, but not Jane Fonda. Where do we go from here? I literally don't remember why I brought her up. Okay. Oh, this is why. I'm always fascinated by women who are close to our age um, or even younger than us who have like fully, well, we talked about this with your cousin, Laura, have like fully formed personalities. Yeah. It's not even just personalities. They have fully formed like likes and dislikes or like knowledge of things. Like I remember when we first started watching Heather McMahon, I think we were all like 31 or 32 and she would just be like, I got a girl for this. I got a girl for that. This is, I only trust this. I go to this place in Italy. This is the best place to get this. And I'm like, I don't recommend things like that because I don't, first of all, trust my own opinion or that I've done the best research. I have no sense of self. Yeah. But she was, she's always so confident in like, she's done it a million times. And when she'd go to like Turks and Caicos, cause like, Oh, my family always goes to Turks and Caicos or whatever. Like, I don't have anything like that. I don't have yeah. anything that's like true, like tried and true. My personality, I stand by it. I'd recommend it to other people. And this test girl, she's like a quieter version of that, but like she cooks recipes, um, which is great content to like turn your brain off. But then she like people ask her like, tell us about your knitwear collection, and she will go through her sweaters and talk about like she orders from brands I never heard of, and some of them like they only have the only number their sweaters per knitwear design and she goes this is like the number 13 in sage like how do you get to that point in your life where you i don't know but i know people like that in real life i i don't like i i just don't like i literally am watching this wearing my like 13 dollar ardeen sweater that's giving me a rash (laughs) and she's like i put this one sweater on my wish list is from this one company and it's only out once a year like what like i'm just not there but i love watching that content and i love people who have like i don't even think she's i don't even know if tess is even 30 i'm like how did you get to this point i want to be like are your parents still together did you grow up with money 
And not even like with a lot of money, but like so much money that you don't ever know what it's like to wonder about bill payments. Like that's what I wonder. Maybe she likes the she likes the nicest of things, but then is also someone who like drinks out of a mason jar. She's not like Ugh. she's not like showy. <laughs> don't be mean to her. I love Tess. She's not like showy nice, but she will buy like a six dollar croissant and be like, it's the best croissant ever. You have to get it. And I, you know, she's probably someone that she heard like her makeup choices are all very like clean and mm. simple. And she's like, I don't like wearing mascara, even though her eyelashes are like blonde. Like, get out it's of just town. Whole, it's it's pro- it's literally other than the fact that I like to cook, she is the antithesis of me. No she makeup yogurt for breakfast. Like we're not friends. How are people going to know you're alive if you don't have makeup on? <laughs> but she recently announced that she was pregnant. What? And she's just so cute. I don't know. She's just so cute. And she ends every every TikTok by going like kissing a bunch. She's just so cute. Like she's like cute as a button. And she'll just be like, "Today I'm making soup. I don't know how to measure this. Don't worry about it." Like she's just very chill. And you don't even. I don't make any of her recipes because they're like healthy <laughs> i don't make recipes because i can't cook because i'm terrified of the kitchen i know but like cook it, but just watching someone else cook is kind of nice wow even if you don't plan on making it but sorry tess we're not shitting on you i like that you like your knits and no it's just a, it's, <laughs> it's another thing of femininity that like i not femininity but like it's a place in the house of femininity that like i don't have the key for yeah and i don't even want to go in that room like she likes vintage watches what i just don't have a personality if i did that i feel like it would be an affectation like not really sincere yeah like that's what i but from her i believe it like for sure yeah and i know people like that who are like i'm on the hunt for these boots from 1982 and if you can find them and i'm just like why yeah no go boot store get new boots go boyfriend store get new boyfriend I just, it's amazing to me. Yeah. Maybe I'll become one of those people, but it's not looking that way. (laughs) No, I'm an imitation person. Like, I keep seeing people wear hair, like, velvet bows in their hair. And I really wanted to, but I'm like, I'm too lazy to go buy, like, actual ribbon and try making myself. I just ordered some scrunchies on Amazon that have hair bows on. Well, Dorit uh, Kemsley from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills just wore a bow uh, in her hair on an episode where Denise Richards wore her jacket upside down. Is Denise Richards okay? She's like, you're wearing, are you wearing this upside down? She goes, are you yours upside down? Yeah. She's so, she's like, let's not do this here. She goes, no, like your jacket's upside down. What is happening? I don't know. You know. I thought Denise Richards was okay. So did I. But if, did anyone who was with Charlie Sheen ever come out okay? No, but uh, this is like the difference between like, I feel like she's had a stroke or something. There's like something she's talking like, really weird. I'm not going to speculate, but if I were to speculate, <laughs> I would speculate that there's maybe some medication mixing mm. with things that aren't supposed to be mixed. Mm-hmm. Maybe she did say she was sick. So maybe she was on some cold meds and had a little oh. drinky drinky. You know, we've all been there, but yeah. there's just always something like road hard mm-hmm. about her these days. Mm. But she brings great TV. I just remember seeing when they announced she was going to be in it. And like the interview seemed like she seemed so bright and bubbly and like a new fresh face on the show. And then I didn't realize. I don't know if it made a turn at some point, but the clips have been seen lately and I don't even watch the show. I'm like, I wouldn't know that was her. No, I think if you watch her, she used to have a reality show on E! 
um, like after her mom died and her dad came to live with her. And she was just like this bright, bubbly, yeah, like very together mom. Now it just kind of seems there's a darkness there. Yeah. That I don't love. Yeah. I was just thinking of <laughs> Katya. And, uh, I would be surprised if we never see Denise Richards again. No, didn't he? Didn't, uh, didn't she say I watched what was that uh wild thing what was that movie called wild things wild things and then uh katya goes did you pull it oh yeah <laughs> pull the patch <laughs> i love trixie and katya okay your turn to they weren't gonna be a recommendation but trixie and katya if you wanna if you love drag culture if you love funny people yeah trixie mattel i They're love great. her so much i prefer seeing the clips other people curate for me on tiktok than actually going and watching the whole yeah spiel with them but i love i love the little clips of the podcast and they're so funny i was so upset i had tickets to go see them last september not this september that just passed like 2022 and it got canceled oh. and i was so upset because it was supposed to be like my first postpartum night out. yeah and i was like okay i'll pump in the car and i'll do this and it, okay so my recommendations this week are a little different so as we all know, I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. And something they talk about <laughs> a lot is Alzheimer's and memory loss. Oh. So I've decided to start doing crossword puzzles online. Wow. And like time myself to oh. see how well I do. And some days are not great, but I have been staying up way too late doing crossword puzzles. Where are you doing them? Um, so there's a bunch of websites, but I go on bestcrosswords.com. Nice. They really secured that handle. Mm-hmm. But um, I find it very calming. Yeah. Like, keep me sharp. And whenever I can't remember it, I feel like I'm having a still Alice moment and I get oh, really scared. No. But it's okay. And then my second recommendation, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have mental health issues. <laughs> no, I was unaware. And one thing I love to do is curate collections on Pinterest and on Instagram of just like little quotes i find or like illustrations that just make me happy when i need like a boost yeah um so there's one artist that i recently started following her name is keely shaw and she's an illustrator writer and her handle is drawing the way it feels like that's just like what her bio is so her handle is keely shaw art and she just writes like she Show does a little one. things like trying is enough and resting is too like it's just i always wondered who these worked for it's you yeah oh they're me i think like sometimes it's so obvious but they they help me a lot and sometimes i'll come across something that like blows my mind and i'm like i didn't have to pay 220 dollars an hour to find that mm. but they they're me like i have collections on pinterest i call it mind food and it just like show gives me, me a little boost of creativity like, really stuck with you i want to see okay let me see <laughs> like okay no this is embarrassing i want to know Okay. Isn't your Pinterest public? Or couldn't I go look if I wanted to? Um, no, these are private boards. Oh. These are private boards. Um, so I save a lot of like journal prompts and stuff. And like this is from Lao Tzu. So it's not like, you know, some like girl writing it. But new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. I thought that was really good. 
Wow. I know. You're one of those girls I didn't know. I know. Uh, it's so embarrassing, but it really <laughs> helps me. Hey, whatever you got to do, man. I, I wear an eye mask that looks like a VR headset and lay really still on the couch and you do that. Whatever helps. Yeah. I just, I love a good quote. I love positivity. Like not, I'm not toxic positivity, but I need it sometimes to just like snap myself out of a bad mood. Yeah. Or remind myself that my hopeless feeling isn't unique yeah so and oh, that helps not me unique yeah i know there's yeah. nothing unique about me even my depression but um yeah i think that's a really good one and i've tried to share a few to our instagram stories just because i feel like some people might just be like ah, i needed that today yeah. i did see one and i was like oh she's going through something <laughs> well the holidays are hard right <laughs> for some people yeah you're right for some people. <laughs> some people it's like the only thing that keeps them going is yeah the holidays are coming uh, yeah and i've never been great with the holidays i find like i don't i don't even think that this is like a hot take but it's really tough for grief i've always found holidays really bad for my eating disorder yeah it's just well it's yeah, a lot shit yeah and even it's not even it's the holiday season the month of december trying to cram all things in financially being like strapped and you know, pushing yourself to get the perfect gift and all these things. So I find the holidays very scary. But now being a mom, I, I'm i trying really hard to like break myself out of that so that Max doesn't grow up with like, my mom hates Christmas. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't want to be the mom who hates Christmas. No, I've just I've done this like work to like go the opposite way. I've like set boundaries with Christmas of like not I'm not interested in the gift part. We're not doing that type of thing. We're not we're not hosting we're not pushing people to be anywhere or do anything or be anything like i have taken i'm doing the opposite i'm like right. christmas at least from my family's perspective is a joyful time and i i want it to be i want to pull back <laughs> well it's i mean it's interesting because like there's the traditions that i grew up with have expired in a sense because That's the true. people are no longer around. The meeting places are no longer around. Yeah. So now with Max, I mean, this year he he knows Santa. His, he calls him Ta. And he <laughs> says ho, ho, ho when he yeah. sees him. So he knows the holidays, but next year I feel like it's going to be like the big one where he That's finally true. gets it. I'm trying to set up these things for him because me, like hating Christmas, I don't want that to be the memory of him of being like, my mom always hated Christmas, so we never did anything. Yeah. This like, is we can the... have a cozy, comfy Christmas, but I want to set up traditions in them that make him feel happy. Yeah, this is the time where you can. I think I have saw all the traditions fade away and went, okay, done. Yeah. I don't want to make new ones. But, but I get it as a parent that you would. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of pressure. So yeah. um, I have too much pressure that I put on myself for like, everyone listening is probably like, grab me a rubber. But me and my therapist were talking about <laughs> it yesterday, uh, two days ago. And it was just like, take a beat. It's not that deep. Just yeah. enjoy the holiday with your family. And if you don't like somebody, smile through it. And you get to do it again in 12 months anyway and try it again. Yeah, that's true. You, but get, you get to redo every fucking year on this. But, I mean, this kind of leads into our topic for this week, but, you know, we are in the midst of our Christmas episodes. Mm -hmm. What are your, like, fond Christmas memories, fond Christmas traditions? I've always loved, like, Christmas Eve the most. Me too. Because it's, like, always a later night. 
we're edging we're edging to the good stuff yeah but christmas morning was always like you open all your presents and it's over in a fury and then it was always kind of a disappointment of a day whereas christmas eve was like all the possibilities still exist you know i feel the exact same way and sometimes just like the thought that something could happen which is why like the beginning of relationships is always so fun like all the possibilities are there christmas eve is like the first date of christmas and then christmas day is like mm. the fact that nobody has ever knocked on my door and said say it's carol singers i know to me you're perfect on christmas eve i know get the fuck out of here i know but christmas eve is like when you stay up too late talking but when i was little like we'd get matching pajamas did you guys mm. get matching pajamas we got new pajamas every year but we would get matching christmas dresses yes we got those that too. we wore my nanny would make them actually yeah so we did the big italian fish miss yes and that's i think why christmas eve for me is like the Same. big deal yeah we used to do the the nonas and the fish miss but we only got spaghetti because we didn't eat oh fish. i ate buttered noodles and salad yeah we didn't eat and i fish. drank vinegar like it was soup like <laughs> my lips would be white by the end of the night and i'm like let's open presents yeah then you're like with your cousins and it's great yeah and then people yeah. would leave to go to midnight mass and i'd be like yes i'm not going i went every once in a while but um now i'm an atheist so that turned out good well <laughs> things happen yeah i love christmas eve this year we're like doing the 23rd mm-hmm. which i feel like also like no pressure like it feels yeah. a lot nicer to not be like i don't have to like you know be anywhere on the 21st i don't have to like drive because i don't live near my family i don't have to drive anywhere and dress up on the 25th i get to just chill which is nice well there's always that trope of christmas movies of pile in the car yes we gotta you know we're going down a snowy road when I in reality you're yeah. white knuckling it being like i yeah. can't see for shit and yeah. i don't want to die well last christmas there was an ice storm here and it was but it was the first one since covid where everyone could see each other so mm-hmm. everyone was still like we're doing it either way yeah and i was like i don't want to i don't want to do it either way Well, this year you can come to my house because people will be at my house on christmas day and by people i mean my mother and my mother because my husband will be working <laughs> and what did i do i'm getting board games for them wow so i'll play we, a board game because i don't know if anyone else feels this way my mom talks about three things <laughs> her hair yeah her job her fear of retirement of getting older oh yeah so like clockwork i can predict do you like my hair? I mean, my hair's in a ponytail today. You didn't recognize me with my hair in a ponytail. <laughs> and I love my mom, but the fact that she hits these like little points throughout the night, yeah, like great on me. So I've decided to buy table topics. Yeah. So that everybody and my my mother in law is a yogi and a psychologist. Oh god. So I hear a lot about chakras and breath mm-hmm. and anxiety and healing trauma. And I'm just like, this is this Christmas is gonna be trauma free. Until I get there. <laughs> It'd be like, and trauma-free, what's your favorite color? If yeah. you were a bird, what bird would you be? Great. Let's place categories. Like, that's what I want to play. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come for that. Otherwise, Christmas, I mean, we're, we're rebranding Christmas in our lives, I guess. What does your shirt say? My shirt says, waking up in the morning, thinking so many things. It's from um, Gia Giudice from <laughs> Real Housewives of New Jersey. My friend Elizabeth, I got it for me for my birthday last year. Is Gia one of the daughters? Yeah. Yeah. She had this song that she wrote for her parents and her uncle. Oh, no. Yeah, I've heard this song. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love it. If anyone else is a Real Housewives person, show yourself because I hold back sharing things about Real Housewives. Well, 
I don't watch it. It's high art. I generally know who some people are, mm-hmm. but not not that many people. When you told me you ran into one in New York, I was like, I don't know who that is. Oh my god, Dorinda Medley. <laughs> Never heard of her. I cooked. I cleaned. I made it nice. <laughs> She's so good. But yeah, let's uh take a little break and we'll come back with this week's movie. And we're back. Speaking of uh, mental illness and family tra- trauma, this week's movie is The Family Stone. Pew, 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 pew. I don't know if you have noticed, but the third time since November we're doing Someone Dies of Cancer. <laughs> In a beautiful home. This, yeah, yeah. This is basically Stepmom again, but. At Christmas, again. <laughs> Stepmom, but the kids are older. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why is this a Christmas movie trend? Did you see that that uh, TikTok I sent you? Where Natalie. Natalie Portman says, I, I'm not getting offered many rom-coms lately, but I am getting offered the ones where you die, the girl dies of cancer. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> everyone loves, like, everyone loves, like, she's got to figure it out before she dies. Yeah. Shots fired on Charlize. Like, I'm... She's too good to be a a girl dying of cancer? You know, I don't even think Natalie registers that movie in no. her life. No. <laughs> no. We didn't even talk about May, December. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Next episode. Next episode. <laughs> okay, so... Well, 2005, The Family Stone, this is your pick for Christmas yes. movies. Because much like our Leap Year episode... I don't love this movie. Like, yes. you didn't love Leap Year. I don't love this movie, but I'm going to tone it down and be really nice because it's comfy cozy. <laughs> and no one wants to cuddle up with the nice. bitch. I couldn't be nice about Leap Year. I'm so sorry. I know. This but, movie, I don't know what it is. I have blinders on. I refuse to see its flaws. Even when people point them out and I go like, mm, I, don't, I don't, I can't even take an objective look at it and go like, maybe. No, there are no flaws. It's that like, what's that motto? This is the place I find myself in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is just where we are, guys. It's, I love it. I love this movie so much. And I'll get into like where I was mentally when this movie came out and probably why it imprinted on me like this. But Do it. No, we'll start with... Uh, so the movie basically is just about there's this family with five adult children, only one grandchild amongst the crowd. Well, I, one on the way. One, Yeah, well, two technically on the mm-hmm. way. And they all come home for Christmas, which is my dream. Uh, that all your children come for Christmas. I just don't want to have them first. I just want them to be adults and come for Christmas. <laughs> and the plot picks up with the fact that the oldest son, Everett, is bringing home the woman he plans to propose to at Christmas even. He plans to, like, it, there's a lot of things that pile onto this. To propose to her, he would need to ask his mother for her mother's ring and it adds this heightened level of critique of this woman he's bringing. Mm-hmm. The only person who's met her before she gets there is uh, Amy, which is Rachel McAdams. She met her at a dinner and has reported back that she hates her and she's terrible and she's not right for Everett and uh, Dermot Mulroney, who we love. We need to have nicknames, a nickname for Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Moo. <laughs> Kiki Reeves Dermot Moo. <laughs> The uh, the girlfriend that we're talking about is played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Brilliant performance. I th- so when I talk about, I think she's the best female com- uh, female comedian of all time, or like uh, physical comedian of all time. This is the movie I'm talking about. I don't know if I would say all time. But I think so. Of our maybe of our generation. Okay, I'll give you that. But this is the movie I'm talking about. Like I know we have all of Sex in the City to refer to, 
But this movie, she is not Carrie. She is so reserved and so tight and held back. And then everything, every movement she makes is choreographed. Like you can tell. She's so good. So her name's Meredith. And she has lots of quirks. She makes like a throat clearing sound that uh, is like a tick for when a she's tick. nervous, but like everyone hates it. Right away, everyone thinks she's like stuck up. Then there's a couple things along the way why like she doesn't want to share a bedroom or a bed with Everett. She thinks it's inappropriate. Whereas her their mom, who's Diane Keaton, her first response to that is, "What you guys don't screw? Yeah, like they're not. These people are." like liberals and easygoing and well easygoing amongst each other at least and it seems like liberal academics the yes. dad's a professor they're yes. kind of just like they have this picture perfect suburban life but they're they're not a regular mom they're a cool mom yeah they yeah they they don't seem uptight about things but they don't like uptight people but for some reason they're uptight about uptight people immediately everyone's like cold to meredith Except for Ben, who's like, she's kind of hot. She's kind of hot in a way like a teacher's hot. Almost immediately, she feels so uncomfortable that she won't even stay at the house at all and mm-hmm. goes and stays at an inn. Okay, let's just, let's, let's just pa- like pace ourselves yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Well, that happens all in like the first like yeah. 15 minutes. So this movie was based on, uh, this movie is written by and directed by, I'm going to butcher this name, Peter Bazooka, Bazucha. Sure. And it was because one of his siblings was dating somebody that nobody liked. So yeah. the idea was like I was uh, this whole movie based on the idea of I can't fucking stand this woman. Yeah. It really is it's supposed to be like that all-American white Christmas chaos in the way that yeah. kind of like National Lampoons is chaotic. Yeah, and like Home Alone the running around the house and the everyone's so comfortable with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go any further, I want to know where you were when you first saw this movie the first time so i saw it in theaters on christmas night like we went to christmas dinner then me and my sister and her then boyfriend saw it and how old were you i was 2005 yeah i was 17 i was 17 and i was funnily enough this is i think this is when i was dropped out of high school i think this Mm. was in that stretch I'm pretty sure I dropped out of high school in the yeah, I think October 2005. So yeah, I was just literally at home all the time, super depressed, and uh, I had dropped out of high school because I was bullied really bad. But I was bullied really bad because my high school boyfriend cheated on me, and everyone else knew but me, and then just made it like their life's mission to like shame, essentially shame me for it. It was a really weird experience. But when you're a teenager, it it makes sense in a way that like it's like a pile on like you're a loser we all want to treat you like you're a loser because he thinks you're a loser i don't know either way everyone wanted to impress him and shit on me so i got shit on to the point where like i couldn't go to high school anymore i'm okay the trauma's healed as you can tell i don't think about about it it at all no my therapist isn't too worried about it i don't really have unresolved feelings about it but i saw this movie at that point in my life and I think I was just, that's when I became really into movies. I was like an open wound to things like, and all the movies I saw at that point in my life are the ones that I are still my favorite. And I still like, that's when I first saw Garden State was when I was dropped out of school. I got really into, it's not my favorite anymore, but Fight Club, like I can recite that whole movie. Which is a red flag. Yeah, I don't know why I latched onto weird things, but like, that's when I became very like obsessive about movies and became... I don't know, became someone who... You escaped. 
yeah i got really into that because that was basically the only thing i had going on it's not like i had homework or anything to work towards so this was probably like two weeks before i started at a new school Mm. yeah so i was just enjoying my time having my older sister buy me popcorn (laughs) and take me to the movies um and i loved it i loved it the moment like that first watch i was like i'm in and as soon as it came on dvd i watched i didn't care if it was christmas or not i wasn't didn't care it was christmas movie i had bought it immediately and watched it many many times and we were talking about how like you were having trouble finding um some research online Mm -hmm. about it but i knew stuff about it it's because i also watched the like dvd commentary director's cut or whatever that's how much i loved that movie i remember that the dvd also came with a recipe for the strata for the breakfast that's so funny and i always wanted to make it and never did i had planned many many times and never did it i loved 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 it do you remember seeing it when did you see it i literally don't remember ever seeing this movie like it's it doesn't fire anything in my brain of the first time i saw it or the second time third time i just remember watching it i remember being like these people are terrible and then thinking that it was so uncomfortable to watch and then my husband had never seen it during the pandemic so we watched it yeah christmas 2020 yeah and he also was like what the hell Because everybody loves it. Yeah. Because it's a polarizing movie. And a couple of things that I did find were like these articles debating whether or not it's a great Christmas movie. But um, so I watched it again this week and I have some new feelings about it. But I I just I just want everyone to know how deeply you care. Yeah. How much I'm just kind of like, I think the things I think I ignored most of the plot and even though i obviously know the plot i ignored most of it and it became ingrained in my mind of like this is what a family is this is what christmas looks like this is what i like i kept thinking in my mind still if i picture like me at 65 that's what my life looks like even though i don't have kids these people have five children but in my mind i have this like home with stuff all over the walls and you know everyone's bedroom looks like it did when they were like i never understand that in movies that they don't change the rooms well no that people don't take their stuff with them that's true my parents changed my room the second i left I didn't leave till 29 and I took everything. Yeah. Because I didn't have other stuff. Yeah. I took everything and everything that like my, my parents painted the room and my mom, when I actually had to move back in at one point, my mom's like, that's my other closet now. Like, that's why I keep my clothes as well. I call it my dressing room. I'm like, we're going to have to get dressed somewhere else, Deb, because I just got a broken up with. What the fuck? (laughs) Like... But they have, like, all of their awards still hanging and, like... Maybe I'll do that to Max when he grows up. What? I'll be like, I'm doing this to make a point that people can do it in real life. Yeah. I love that. I just... Something about it is... I guess it's, like, like the lie we're all told of, like, the American family of, like, that just looks so nice. Mm -hmm. Their house is beautiful. And it's part of, again, the reason I love, like, Connecticut, upstate New York type places and... I don't know i loved it no i mean i get it it's it's aesthetically very pleasing right off the hop they have those vintage christmas carol like card settings yes the, that's true the, too yeah the, the, announcing the cast and i was like okay i like this cozy feeling of christmas Let's yeah go. they definitely 
made intentionally made it it's a christmas movie it's not a movie that happens at christmas time like stepmom yeah it starts off with like vintage christmas cards like this is a christmas movie yeah it is it's meant to be seen at this time of year even though it's not really heartwarming um there are really heartwarming moments yeah but it's it just i can't I'm sure there is like a Snyder Cut version of this movie that's five hours long. Yeah. And it makes way more sense. Probably. Because there, right off the bat, we're, I mean, I always love this. And like, maybe this is what, you know, people do who live farther away from their families. They bring, they choose a major holiday to bring off someone to like introduce them to yes, the first time. Which I also have always thought was weird. Like, don't do that. No, I've never, I was, one of my questions was, have you ever been introduced at Christmas or had like someone come at Christmas who was like dating your sister or a cousin or. I don't think on a holiday. I think it was always just like coming over for dinner or like, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I never no, I don't think we've ever met someone on a holiday. It's weird. My cousin's been dating a guy for like three years and I still haven't met him. And we're always like, bring him to something, like bring him to Christmas. And she's like, he's got his own stuff. Yeah. But like, I want to meet him. I do want to interrogate him. I don't think he's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this year. Maybe this year. Yes. But I also understand that like protective anger you feel when someone in your family is with someone that you're like, I don't want this person to become part of my family. Like also like I've known you your whole life. This isn't the person you're supposed to be with. There's somewhere someone else out there for you and they don't see that. Like, I understand that, like, protective nature. Right. So I think that's one of the things. So Everett Dermot Mulroney is supposed to be this, like, really straight-laced, polished New York executive who starts dating Meredith, who's even more uptight and more, Mm -hmm. you know, put together. I saw some TikToks that say that Meredith seems autistic. Yes. And, like, maybe some Asperger's type stuff going on. You know, unable to communicate how she really feels without it seeming out of place or offhand. And I was like, that. I, I, and I'm not saying this, like, this isn't my opinion. I'm just saying that some people said that if that was intentional, they can understand that because there are some whoosh, some really awkward moments that come up. Right yeah. away, one of the things that I said when I was watching this is it starts with Diane Keaton looking very sad, decorating a tree. Yeah. And we don't really know why she's sad. At first, we think it's she's sad because Everett's coming with Meredith. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that they did a good enough job to explain whoever it was or like really is at his core like they kind of dip into it with like the monks and yes but they, and they go like why are you wearing a tie but why is the tide so tight yeah. like take that stupid tie off they do make it seem like he's abandoned who he was for this like corporate uptight guy which is why they don't think meredith is right for him because she's the female version of it but right. they're like that's not who you are Right. And it, I just, I think, again, maybe this just got lost in translation a little bit, like from like script to screen, like maybe they cut some stuff out, but I would have loved just a little bit more about that. Yeah. Maybe like a childhood memory brought up. I would also love if like, if the parents at some point were talking about how like they went to Woodstock or like, remember when we were naked on the front lawn of the White House protesting well, something like to also show more that like we aren't, we lived very freely here. Well, so this is, my, this is my note. So I see what Craig T. Nelson, who I feel like is cast perfectly as oh my God. Luke Wilson's this is dad. Absolutely. Oh yeah. They have the same head. There were some criticisms online saying that you couldn't, and by criticisms, I mean like from, you know, critics, paid critics, yeah. you shouldn't mix Diane Keaton, like a screen legend with a TV legend, such coach, coach. This was back in the day when TV meant uh, yeah, something else. Yeah, it doesn't else, matter. Though. I thought they were great, but he kisses all of his kids so 
I like, love. And I said, I, I said, look at my phone. That. Look at my phone. Christy loves a dad who kisses his kids. That's what, what I said. What a, I do you know why? Where, where else do I love that from? Do you remember? The holiday? Yeah. Uh, you pray love? Yeah, you pray. <laughs> the reason I don't even like Javier Bardem, but when he kisses his son on the mouth, I'm like, I love that man. I, uh, I, I know don't you know do. why. So I'm like, okay, this is where, and like, not for nothing, but like, your husband doesn't seem that like, like a kiss on the mouth for your kid kind of guy. Yeah. Right. But you love them on screen. I know. Oh, I do. Yeah. And that's the thing though, if, if my dad kissed me on the mouth, I'd be like, disgusted by the concept i don't want my parents to ever show me affection in any no. way i do not i don't like affection so like it's not something i want in real life i just love the concept of a man who's so comfortable I, I think it's like the i'm someone who's not comfortable with literally anybody and especially not with my family i, I don't feel like i can like be myself and relax like i wear makeup to see my family i feel like i have to like sit a certain way and talk a certain way i don't Same. and it's not that they've put that on me but i just i don't know i don't i've never felt like i could fully be myself and i love people who are so themselves with their family and i'm always so jealous of it and like kissing your, your grown son on the mouth yeah he and wears, like holding their head and he wears them. these beaded necklaces oh, i he's, love kelly he looks like he played football but we know that he's an academic and I don't know what she does. What does Sybil do? Diane Keaton's character. I don't know if they tell you, but they make it seem like because she's got like a laptop and a bunch of food. Like it's like she's like a food blogger or something. It kind of seems like I'm not really sure. I don't remember them ever saying it. Yeah, it just sells like even on uh, Wikipedia, the source for all news. It was <laughs> strong-willed bohemian matriarch, and it says that she's a breast cancer survivor. But yeah. I, I never heard breast cancer mentioned once. Didn't you see that she had a double mastectomy? No. They show her with no shirt on. Honestly, I think it might be cut out because I didn't see it in when I watched it either. And I thought maybe I just like looked at my phone or blinked or something. But at least in the original version, she takes off her shirt when they're in bed and she has no boobs. Like I feel like I would remember that, but I didn't see that. Yeah. I don't they know said... if it's maybe it's not in the streaming version. They because they do that. They'll edit out things in streaming versions. Well, sure. But like, I feel like that would have been much more of a topic of conversation of like representation on screen because like look at Tig Notaro's special when that happened yeah and again you know 2005 different time but they kind of pulled a to me a stepmom thing of just being like it came back we never know what kind of cancer Susan Sarandon has no we're just like oh it's lymphoma no yeah and so I'm just like wait she's sick now who what no they there there is a scene at night everyone goes to bed and her and Craig T. Nelson are like like kissing and talking in bed and she opens her shirt and she she's had a double mastectomy. She just has scars. Weird. And he like holds, he puts his hands on her chest and then they like, I guess they think they get it on. I'm going to look at this, look this up. Okay. So there is an article here that says Keaton agreed to film one of the scenes topless showing a fake surgical breast removal reportedly in order to support real life cancer fighters. Yes. Yeah. I've seen so many cancer movies and there's always the horror of the reveal. You see the back of the woman and they always play it that way. This scene was so sweet. First of all, it was set up in the film that I have this illness in kind of a mysterious way yes so little was made of it it's dealt with in a way that gives so much respect to people who go through breast cancer in their life that you live with this illness it's not that you're horrified about losing your breath your breasts <laughs> losing your breath your life goes on and you still make love with your husband yeah it's quick the thing is with this movie is that there's just supposed to be subtle hints along the way where like ben comes out and says it and goes like mom's sick again right and he says yeah and then there's that and then when she has a nap 
Savannah's really concerned. That's what I thought it was just if she takes a nap and all of a sudden everyone's like, Mom's dying. No. Yeah, she's definitely gone through quite a bit already, especially if she's had a double mastectomy in the past. So I think maybe not only do they know the signs, but like, yeah, I think they probably spend their whole lives concerned that it will come back. Well, yeah. Yeah. How can you not? Yeah. It's a little sadness over it, but like she's still most of the movie acts like nothing's happening. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that for a family that's supposed to be so tell it like it is yeah there's so many unspoken things that just don't go said until like the very last minute like jumping a little bit over all over the place but it's implied that everett is marrying meredith to keep things together to yes. make her happy to like give her something to, it seems like to give her something to like live for or look forward to to know that he's okay yeah and it's just like okay i like i guess that's one way with dealing with things yeah i thought that maybe that scene wasn't exactly necessary no or that plot point in general or if you know it was more like i want to get married soon because i want you to be that added or something that would be more of a i'm gonna piss off a lot of people who have brothers what? What? because i've always interpreted like amy's dislike of meredith as being in love with everett yeah i do <laughs> feel like there are girls who like maybe have some like freudian thing where like no one's good enough for my brother and it's not even I don't even think they want to have sex with their brother, but they don't know why they don't want anyone else to. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah, that makes sense. But Amy's passion, passionate dislike is like, what do you care? What do you care? Yeah, but I've I've been that way and I don't want to have sex with my sister. No, it's brothers and sisters. I know, but I've passionately disliked people she's with. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To the point where I like got my parents mad at her to try and break them up. Oh, really? my God. Yeah, she dated this guy when I was in high school that was just, well, and beyond that, who was just ter- like a terrible person. Well, they hint at that that Thad's um, husband was treated like shit also. Yeah, it took him a while. And that I took just, years. I think I just, said. I there's this image that they want to portray of this very welcoming, progressive family. And yet anybody trying to infiltrate the bubble, yeah. except Julie, is met with automatic resistance. Or Brad, who popped Amy's cherry. I popped Amy's cherry. I would literally, like, drown myself in the bathtub, 13th Reason Why style, like, if my mother said that out loud to, my, <laughs> to someone at my house at Christmas. Brad, who popped Amy's cherry? I love that. I'm I, so uncomfortable. Yeah, but he's so sweet. He shows up the next day with clearly, like, a snow globe that was just part of his mom's, like, holiday decor and puts it in a alarm clock box and gives it to amy for christmas yeah that's weird like that's a sweet what are you talking about well it's weird that okay think of the first person well we can't even say that the first person you had sex with that like then they come back and they're like oh you're meant to be with them at christmas time yeah but they made it seem like amy really hadn't dated too much in between they don't tell you how old everybody is i do know amy is the youngest and savannah's the oldest what yeah, because uh, Kelly says, hi, my firstborn, when she's watching that movie. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I always thought Everett was, I mean, just based no, on looks alone. He's the he's the second, which I always thought was weird because why do you give your son, I get it that, like, he's the one physically proposing, but, like, I would give your, my daughter my grandmother's ring if I was doing that or my mother's ring. I wouldn't give my son my mother's ring to propose with to some random woman I don't even know. I'd give it to my daughter. It says 
It just says eldest son, eldest daughter. It doesn't say who's in the first one, but maybe, I mean, I missed, I missed obviously a breast cancer reveal. I'm not really the best at um... <laughs> No, I swear there's, it's, I, he says, hi, my firstborn at some point to Interesting. Because she doesn't give eldest daughter energy uh, in a family like that. Yes and no. So you know, though, how she, I do love, she instantly gets short with Sybil when she's, because Sybil keeps bringing up the ring and she goes okay enough about the ring and like that's how we talk to our moms like Mm -hmm. we there's we know there's things that like instantly irk us we're like stop bringing that up because moms like to bring up the same thing yeah over and over and over again so i don't know maybe she doesn't have like the commanding energy but she's also pregnant maybe she's tired i mean she does have good moments with her daughter yeah she's like stockings only like like um there was one line i thought was really like well done when Meredith walks in and Elizabeth, the niece, goes, you have nice shoes. And then we see mm-hmm. her later on walking around in the shoes. And yeah. it reminded me because one of the f- stories in my family is when my uncle Johnny brought uh, my aunt Tisha to meet everybody like 31 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was four and she like came in the house, took off her shoes and I was running by and I go, nice feet. And I walked by because she had painted toenails. <laughs> and they talk about that all the time. So I just thought that was such a good little like, that's how kids behave. Yeah, yeah that's, how that's they are. so realistic. I know. They don't really dive any farther into why Meredith, I guess she's just anal in general, but they make it seem like she's obsessed with designer clothes or fashion or something. And also like, why does she have baby pink shoes when she's like only wears gray? She just always looks like she's ready to go to work. Like, yeah. I feel like, and I went through this phase for a while when I worked in offices where I have a lot of office clothes. I don't have a lot of, like, regular yeah. life clothes. Yeah. Because they dress up. I mean, I feel, like, I feel like some people do dress up for their family holiday parties, but she looks like she was just dipping and dabbing from the office over there. Yeah, but they that wasn't in the holiday party. That was, like, the morning they showed up before Christmas. Like, why were they dressed like that? I don't know, but she was mean to that shop girl in the beginning. I know. It was very Love Actually vibes. Yeah. A sprig of cinnamon. What does he say? Like a sprig <laughs> of rosemary. covered in yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> yogurt. Yeah, that's how he says it. <laughs> but she's... That's why, she, yeah, she's a bitch right off the bat about yeah. the, the presents. I said, there are so many damn kids in this family. Mm-hmm. Sybil is mean. Sybil is, like, her yeah. bark is worse than her bite, I feel like. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. She's, I couldn't understand why anyone would want them to like them, her to like them. Yeah. I think though it's the balance of Kelly is so, Kelly is an open bleeding heart of even like signing. Let's all get along. Like he's, he would accept anybody. He probably brought home a stray puppy every fucking week when they were younger. That'd be great. And then she is the person who has to be like this. No, like this isn't happening or these are the rules or this is, but no, she is. That's the thing is maybe she doesn't like Meredith because she sees herself in her because she's like so upset about who took, like who doesn't know the rules about the coffee. And I know you have my mug and like, she has she has like anal retentive qualities control issues even though like her entire desk is covered with like a turkey and shit like she's just it's also chaos i don't know yeah i mean there's obviously grace once you learn that she's dying and this is her last christmas with her family then also yes. everything falls into perspective where you're like if this was like the last christmas with your family she i know she didn't want to tell them but maybe say i really want it to just be us that's also true Right? And maybe that's like part of her anger and part of her frustration and why she's heightened because she wants it to be like a perfect last Christmas and not a 
let's fight at the dinner table about whether you're born gay or not baby this scene i don't know if i <laughs> okay typically shreds you want to talk first. about shreds first meredith you want to talk about casual racism was, or casual homophobia was meredith being do you in your opinion was meredith supposed to be pointing to no dad's husband no she literally is thinking and the last person who spoke was patrick so she was pointing at him like you're close and then was still thinking she wasn't pointing because at him because amy was... set him has set her up with the the pit the choice yes but i think she would look at any opportunity to make okay her have to yeah she's gonna find a way no matter what to make it look bad for meredith but no i don't think meredith was being racist okay so then we move into the <laughs> oh, the worst dinner scene i've ever seen we've met claire danes claire danes comes to the rescue to help yeah. meredith because she's just not fitting in and right away everyone sees claire danes i mean everyone loves claire danes but everyone sees her and is just like come in yeah you look like you've like you wear patchouli like yeah let's, let's have dinner with you off the hop i yeah they don't i don't know why they, don't they get it no well maybe because she's not a threat she's not marrying anybody but they want her to be with ben yeah but ben i guess maybe because ben isn't the i was gonna say the matriarch what is it he's not like the head of the family no <laughs> he's not the he's future. the heir the, he's not the, yeah he's the spare yeah doesn't really matter who harry marries i guess so i guess, I guess it, it does. did <laughs> um <laughs> kind of did <laughs> Yeah, okay, so Julie comes in, they're sitting down at a table, Dad and Patrick announce that they're talking about like how they're about to adopt a baby. Mm-hmm. Julie asks a question about prefer- like preferences for race, and then all of a sudden Meredith, Meredith goes like, into nature versus nurture of, would yeah. you raise a, a child gay? Which Meredith thought the question about race was offensive, yeah. but I think she had already been bitten by them by like casual racism that she was like no 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 yeah. <laughs> this is not the house to ask questions about race even though like i think that's a perfectly valid question in a biracial couple like what color do you want your baby to be <laughs> well i think for any p- person who's adopting would that yeah. be a conversation of, that's like, true you know absolutely are, and then how are you going to raise a child from a different culture like sensitively to their heritage there's a lot of questions but um that scene so i typically i fast forward i fast forward i usually don't watch it i watched it this time because we were doing this but i almost always fast forward it because i i don't it's too awkward it's too uncomfortable and also because i hate things that like this is one of the reasons i don't really like the show like the office and i can't watch like meet the parents when someone is keeps making a mistake and piling on and making it awkward even though like meredith is what she's saying has a nugget of truth she's not saying isn't it bad to be gay she's saying it isn't it hard to be gay and they're attacking her saying why wouldn't you want your child to be gay you're homophobic but she's saying it is true of course you don't want your child to be gay because their life is harder but you want them to be whoever they are but you if you could pick the ideal life for your child you wouldn't want them to be have any qualities that make them ostracized if you could pick i feel like what she was should have asked was like was it and i think they did talk about this like did it come up in the adoption process that they're a same-sex couple and then it just went so wrong yeah and like okay 2005 in america it wasn't even legal to be married in you know uh, yeah like to, to be you know in all states so it's a different time, but like when Kelly snaps at her, yes, that makes me it gets so upset. upset. I get so upset. That's why I can't watch it. 
no she goes about it the wrong way she says like you know nature's versus nurture and like you know do you think you could essentially she at, tries to ask were, were the people in the adoption agency concerned that you're gay but then turns it into can you turn your child gay yeah but she's asking as like are they concerned about it because they think you could do that but she doesn't i don't think she believes that she's just over explaining because these people are so hypercritical of her i don't think i don't think she's like maybe a little bit but i don't think she's truly homophobic i don't think she meant like the the way they start attacking her and then she says she says the wrong things but she means I think it, I think if I was in a family setting and somebody said something like that in front of my cousin who's gay, I'd be just as what the fuck. But like, yeah, if I already didn't like them, that's true. But I just think that like someone could have been like, hold on, what like, are you trying? And she does say this isn't coming out right. Like, yeah, she, like, and that's I think what people latch onto about Meredith of being like not because she uses science right off the like top. Like she yes. just does. About this such a wrong way, and yeah. it takes the movie takes this turn where you're just like, okay, Meredith gets upset and leaves. For me, this is where the movie becomes enjoyable to watch because yes, her and Ben, like when she screams and hits the tree with the car, yeah, like and she unwinds and she's like, I love the gays, yeah, like Yay, this gay is when people. it yeah. takes a good turn for for me to watch, but it was yes. so uncomfortable. It's very very uncomfortable and i think that like i'm someone who like i hate confrontation so much that if i was at that table i would be the person to like take over and say like oh i would have been in the bathroom the minute we all sat down to dinner i would be just like i have to go to the bathroom and i should stay in there the whole time <laughs> no i would have wanted to like solve that because i truly feel bad for her in that moment like being misunderstood and like tripping on your words and having people attack every word is so hard when like that's not her intention i don't know that scene frustrates me i get why as a family they're like upset but i also love that in between though they are laughing with each other about things like when uh ben goes i would love a little black baby and ever goes don't you already have a little black baby and he goes can you dig it like they in between the hard stuff they are still like stupid brothers yeah. and siblings which is cute but yeah so they go to the bar together and uh i've always noted this the this is my favorite one of my favorite lines is you have a freak flag meredith you just don't fly it mm-hmm. and he's basically telling her like just stop being so f- fucking uptight and like let your weirdness be out there and like own it instead of always like pulling yourself back in which makes her still seem so weird like but i think she does she's not intending to show weirdness there's not enough backstory to explain why meredith is like this because then they have this redemptive arc right where she lets it loose a little bit she falls for ben she does the really sweet christmas present but we never really know why why she is the way she is how someone like meredith and julie can be from the same place but not really like yeah not at all alike yeah, it actually would have been interesting because, um, like, Meredith is the older sister. And if they explained that, like, like their mom died when they were young or something, I'd be like, okay, Meredith, like, held the family together, mm-hmm. had to be a certain way, had to get good grades, but also, like, take care of her sister. This is why she's like this. Mm-hmm. And this is what allowed Julie to be like, I'm just going to go watch a guy make a totem pole, you know. That would make more sense. But she just was like, no, Julie's going to have a beautiful Christmas with our rich family. Yeah. 
and now she's leaving it to come here. So this is where I think a lot of the criticisms for this movie uh, it, uh, come into play is the uh, brother-sister swap. <laughs> Love it all. <laughs> if this was a TLC reality show, like this would this is what would happen. Yeah, I'm in full support. Within a day, brothers would literally switch partners. Mm-hmm. Well, not even partners, but they the two brothers would would share. Like I'm sorry, like what in what world would a a brother ever be okay with his ex-girlfriend dating his other brother? If yeah. yes, in a previous episode, I did say I dated brothers, yeah. <laughs> but I never was in a family setting with them and I never slept with them. Yeah, I think it also, if we knew how long, it may be like if Meredith ever, ever we were like, oh, they've only been together for like two months, like this is rushed. Six months, they said. Well, mm-hmm. less than a year, she said. Yeah, that's still too long. It's, ru- it's rushed, but especially like at their age, look how fast relationships can move if he's when pro- you're older proposing were they living together right before? like what how do they i bet if meredith doesn't think it's appropriate to live together beforehand you never know maybe i think it's less weird that meredith is with ben than everett just pursuing julie and literally the minute he meets her yeah because ben doesn't pursue meredith he just goes like i'll take care of you it's okay like it it seems fairly innocent even though he has expressed that like he thinks she's hot but like not none of it's like creepy or sexual and he doesn't act like he could see them together but Everett immediately is like eyes locked on her and he's like no don't say that keep talking yes. don't hide your passion it was very strange right away just and maybe like, this is the like very spontaneous impulsive person that Everett naturally is clearly yeah, yeah. because I almost got it in a way that like and maybe I'm the only person who thought this it almost seemed as if like Meredith maybe kept Julie from mm-hmm. is maybe used to everyone loving Julie maybe. and knew that if she introduced Everett to to Julie, yeah, he would just be like, you know, let's talk about totem poles, yeah, and art, because it happens so quickly. And I do like that when they have their moment of like, whatever, I have feelings for you. She does leave, like she yeah. doesn't. She says like, what are you doing, New Year's? Which I love that song. What are you doing New Year's Eve? Well, yeah, I love that song. But I, I, they make that seem like in a, in literally a week, yeah. less than a week, in six days, this is, this is okay. Yeah. In six days. It's so not, strange. Not currently. I'm still going to get on this bus. So if I agreed to a date on New Year's Eve and six days before, I was like, no, get away. What is the difference? Yeah. Just get off the bus and go hang out with them. Yeah, What's I don't get you? it. It's like the, you're not going to hurt the bus driver's feelings. I almost wish she like left and that was it. And then there was a clip later where they run into each other in a coffee shop and it's spring. And you're just yeah, like, give it some time. And you're they giggle and she goes, yeah, like they both say like, yeah, it's crazy about Meredith and Ben, eh? Like she's yeah. already knocked up something, you know? Yeah. So d- in they... real life, would you ever think that Meredith and Ben would be together? Yeah. Well, Yes, but I don't think either would be happy. <laughs> I think they would be happy until it's time to like really hammer down like what are what are where are we going? Like oh. I think he's a good time. I wrote down that this is Luke Wilson's last fuckable day in this movie. I, I he's, think he's so, so cute. cute and he's so sweet and I love no, I love I love his character. I just think when people are like opposites attract, I do not believe that. I think they do. Um but I just like we we get the sense that like Ben maybe sleeps on a mattress on the floor. Yeah, like but 
going to his house is like wear a hazmat suit. That's how they really present Ben. I think when it comes to like, eventually they're going to have to make financial decisions if they have children together and the how different they operate. Unless like, you know, when you see her, when they come back a year later, Meredith is wearing like a t-shirt. She's, she's still wearing slacks. I think they're like yoga slacks. They're like stretchy. You think so? Yeah, and her hair's down. Her hair's down. Because her hair's up the whole movie until she gets egg all over her and crashes a car. Oh, that's a great scene, too. What's yeah. so great about you guys? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. nothing. Nothing's great about us. But it's like they... The picture is such a sweet gesture that that's like the moment they're like, she's sweet. They're like, we want you in our family, but not in the context that we you were introduced into it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, she slips and falls in the kitchen... I like the fact that the boys are fighting like like children. Yeah. Because like, it gives you a glimpse of like, this is what it must have been like to see them fighting at the dinner table when they were t- like teenagers. Yeah. That was sweet. The, the about face for me, I'm just like, these people are fucked. Is you think it's weird that Everett got that mad thinking his brother slept with her when he literally tried to like, t- wants to fuck her sister? Like what? I don't get it. I'd be like, you never... But then that's that male like thing of I can do it, you can't. Yeah, but that's so brothers. That's such a sad little brother, line. Big when, brother. When he's on, they're on the ground after tussling. He goes, "You don't even love her, man." And she hears him. I know that was that's hard. That's... If that was my son, I'd be like, "Get out of there!" Like, I'd grab him by the ear and be like, "Get out!" Because that's hard. Because they don't love each other. No, it's so sad. Well, I don't know what they did. I don't know what they were before they got there. I think they just thought it like they're they're good on paper people. You didn't know for sure Meredith was going to even say yes or thought that this was going to be a proposal, did we? Like we don't see that from her perspective. Though when she sees the ring later, she's she, that's it. Yeah, she's not that. Yeah, she's not that impressed by no. it. That yeah, I don't know. And yet Julie's like, it won't come off. I What's love that. What movie is it? Oh, another uh, Dermy Room movie. Uh, my best friend's wedding where the yeah. ring won't come off. Yes. He's always getting rings stuck off. <laughs> and it reminded me uh, when Diane Keaton goes, butter, we need butter. Um, when my dad married his third wife, it was at an re- Italian restaurant and they did their ring ceremony and then the ring got stuck and literally my dad and his wife just reached down to the table, grabbed butter, mm-hmm. put it on their fingers and slid it on. And so mm. I was like, oh my God. I remember just being like, where am i (laughs) like so bad oh my god so everybody kind of finds out that mom is dying and they handle it better than i would yeah yeah i think because it has been like not a long time coming but you know like it's not sudden they had that possibility or known the possibility of this happening for a long time Mm -hmm. but we also don't really see what the year is like after that like it's still christmas so Mm -hmm. there's still that level of celebration yeah we don't actually know when she dies throughout the year No, much like a stepmom yeah there's this thing that movies do and i feel like even social media does it a lot or like they put this bravery and nobility on terminal illness yeah of like women keep it together for the people in their lives and to some extent i'm sure they do but Mm -hmm. like I don't know if we've really seen, or maybe, um, what's that movie with Jason Siegel and Dakota Johnson where it's like oh, our friend or yeah, or something like 
there's a moment where she kind of like is like what the fuck why am i dying like you know yeah. like but there's always this like stoicism and like bravery in the face of death that i'm yeah. just like i'm sure for to spare your children but like i that's not like i would be like every day like what the fuck is happening here yeah but no one wants to watch that movie no i did cry watching yeah? this movie though you did well i'm a mom now <laughs> i'm a mom now when like, she's telling everett you can't fix it yeah i started crying mm. never cried before at that movie i always cry at the that's Picture. me and you kid yeah that part when she has the photo um and amy cries yeah because she cries she's a really good crier she cries real hard rachel mcadams, rachel McAdams um, well yeah. i think we've established i think we need to make a hall of fame rachel mcadams can do anything absolutely and the I'm fact actually... that she holds back with roles that she picks I yeah respect that. I, I was gonna say i'm really disappointed you don't see her much anymore well i mean she was in dr strange was maybe her really last big blockbuster uh the... and then she does more uh like indie stuff Judy, now judy bloom what was it called oh are you there god it's me margaret yeah but i feel like she's one of those people who like much like other actors takes one financially yeah takes one creatively yeah and you I, don't know anything about her really like she has two no. kids and we don't know what they are their no. names are i guess we, we know kind of... she can pull off any hair color that's true i don't love her with bangs she was uh she won like a breakthrough award in this year because she was in uh red eye and what other movie was she in this year like 2005 so this was a big year for her yes this was a big year for her yeah career it's kind of crazy at that moment she was probably one of the most popular people of that year isn't it so strange when like everything hits like somebody you've never seen them before yeah. and then all of a sudden four movies come out with them yeah and there's I, that waiting game where they're probably just like it hasn't come out yet yeah i always uh think about um sister of the traveling pants when they went into the sister of the traveling pants lexus bladell and amber tamblin were like stars and when mm-hmm. they came out like lively and america ferrero were stars yeah and like Amber Tamblyn didn't do too much after. I still follow her. She writes like feminist poetry. I think and... she does what she wants. Yeah, she'll yeah. Do, yeah. Let David Cross make the money, and she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. And then um, Alexis Bedell, yeah, like also kind of faded away. Well, she did Mad Men. It was two episodes. Did you watch Mad Men? No, but they always have that. Cra- and then she's in Handmaid's Tale. It was again like six episodes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to say our girl's working. I know, but like she, I'm, when they start did that movie, Blake Lively had never like been in anything, and she was the unknown. Yeah. And then in the end, she's like the biggest star of them all, and like America Ferrera was in the highest grossing movie of this year. Right. And then the other two. It's so strange that like they probably booked because Amber Tamblyn was uh, Joan of Arcadia, mm-hmm. so they probably got those two girls thinking like they're the the heads of the, and then we'll hire these other two unknown girls. Yeah. And then it flipped even before the next movie. Yeah, I always and, think that's strange. And then you have Sarah Jessica Parker, who's like coming off the run of Sex in the City. Yeah. Who took this role to play against type? Still nominated for a Golden Globe for best comedy performance, and she was great. I, give her everything i'm trying to think of like specific moments that i i love her i didn't know that okay that i didn't know what the mushrooms always been top top five favorite moments she's ever had i also love um after the the whole getting the strata all over herself and it's that night like ben's in bed and she sits on his bed and he goes let's get you out of these clothes and she does this like this cute little like yeah and he mm-hmm. goes you smell like puke <laughs> but she her whole body's like 
yeah yeah like yeah let's get freaky i love when they're like, like oh your hair is so pretty let's get this egg all over your pretty hair and i'm yeah. like her hair is fucking gorgeous <laughs> yeah and did true. you notice that luke wilson and sjpp's are nose twins yeah they are nose twins mm-hmm. i have a big nosed baby yeah the beautiful be noses together. they would be who's he with in real life anybody where is he call him i don't know where he is i don't know I just don't know. keep rewatching old school and loving him on my own is there anything we forgot about this movie? I don't know. I just know I love it so much. And when I was younger, you know how when, well, you actually had kids, but I used to always have na- baby name lists. Yeah. And like Thaddeus was my top Get baby out of here. Forever. And Everett was on it too for a long time. And don't you, you have a friend with a kid named Everett. I do. I don't think anyone's named their kid Thad that I know. It's always in the running with We have a Ben. Though. We have an Everett. Yeah. We don't have an Amy or Susanna. I have, well, my cousin's name is Amy, but she's 22. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one's doing Susanna, which is kind of more of like an old timey American name. Yeah, I picture an American doll. Yeah. Yeah, like she'd be in American Pollyanna. American girl doll, yeah. But yeah, Thaddeus was always in my baby name list. So funny. Right up there with Hubble. And Homer. Well, Homer's my number one now. If I just like whoopsie poopsie the baby out of me, his name oh, Homer. Oh, I love Homer. I like you. I can definitely see you as like skip toddler years mom, this adult mom. Yeah, I'd have a great time. Or like time. teen mom. I'd have a great time. I think I'd have Not a great... teen mom, but mom of teens. Yeah, teen, <laughs> I'm a teen mom. 20 years too late. I would be anything eight years old on, great, I'd be great at it. Well, you'd be a great mom in general, but. I would... don't like fluids. No one does. <laughs> We don't get into motherhood because we love poop. I know, but I can't do it. Like, I don't want any of it. I can't even look at their boogers. It makes me gag. Oh, I can't. you should I, see my sleeves. I can't. No, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me feel really gross. When you told me you were going to use that sucking thing on his nose, I literally went, Oh, it's not sucker. No, I can't do it. I can't do any fluids. I can't do crying, and I need my sleep. But you give me an eight-year-old who, like, likes space and Taylor Swift, and I'm, fuck me up. Oh, my God. Those time. TikToks of, like, the kids who love Taylor Swift are just like with their moms, like boys and girls yeah. who just want to watch to like listen to Taylor Swift with their mom. Like, that's my dream. Yeah. Well, my parents were like, oh, we're at your sister's house and the kids were in the basement dancing to Taylor Swift. I'm like, I got her all Harry Potter shit. I could have got her Taylor Swift shit. Yeah. Ah, oh, I'm mad. The fact that my niece, Abby, didn't say like she when she found out that I saw Taylor Swift, I was like, yeah, I've seen her like many times before. And then she was like, I think her finding out how much I love Taylor Swift, like she almost looked at me in like a weird way. It was like when she found out I love Harry Potter, it was like, who is this grown child? Yeah. She's like, that's not for you. Because her friends are now fighting about um, who's the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I don't know. You tell your friends it's me. Like, check out this video of how close I am. (laughs) You tell your friend, my aunt. Yeah. And now I feel like I got to make her some bracelets or something. I don't know how. Okay. So I don't even need to, I'm going to ask it anyway. Every movie... Oh, we do a Taylor Swift song. Oh. Tis a damn season. Tis a damn season. (laughs) Every episode, we give the movies that we're watching or shows we're watching a Taylor Swift song that we think could be... Yeah. Tis a damn season. She doesn't have a song about fucking brothers? No. Marjorie. Every time someone dies, you can use Marjorie. That's true. But Tis the damn season is definitely the ultimate coming home for the holidays. Fucking whoever you want. Yeah. That'd be an Amy movie. Yeah, that's true. And Julie. And Everett. Everyone, everyone, yeah, everyone, or Christmas tree farm. <laughs> they don't go to one. I don't think that's it. But it's in their heart. It's oh, it's in their. You know what? I don't know if I've heard that song all the way through. What? I'm not a Taylor Swift fan in the same way you are. Well, 
And that's why people stick around for me. Yeah, I'm like a 2014 and on Taylor Swift fan. And even then, what did I say I heard for the first time? Uh, Wonderland or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a good fan. And New Romantics. I didn't even know an album that was on. Okay, so then the last question that we do every episode is, what is your comfy, cozy rating? I'm going to give it nine point. What? You didn't eight. do ten? No, because I don't know what I'm saving ten for. Nine point eight. Um, what am I going to pick? I was going to say, you know when Ben stretches and you see his little pino a little bit through the sweatpants right in Meredith's face? I never noticed that. No? he So he gives her the co- When she goes to the inn, he hands her the coffee mug and and stretches well because she's sitting in the car but he's standing outside the car and the window's down and he stretches in front of her and his like you see a little outline of his pino in his sweatpants so 9.8 ben or uh what's his name luke wilson luke wilson bulges sweatpants bulge (laughs) holy shit oh my gosh do you love it i'm gonna give it seven spilled stratas out of ten okay Seven? I think that was gen- you I am. don't like this movie. I thought you I don't. You weren't that critical of it. I t- I'm told you're being nice. I'm a nice girl. <laughs> I'm a nice girl. She's a nice if everyone girl. wants to know, like me being mean, tis the season. Like that's a different. Like that's a hate watch spinoff of this episode. Of Imagine this we podcast. started another show, hate watch called Uncomfort Watch, Uncomfortable Watch. It should. It would just be uh, and just like that. <laughs> and, and then just like that rewatch podcast <laughs> oh my god i've blocked that every time that show ends my memory goes like no thank you we don't want to relive this and then okay. i want all my friends back i'll watch the next season dr Clyde pitoros <laughs> um yeah i think like i'm being nice like they're aesthetically perfect perfect yeah plot points i'm sure there are versions of this script that make more sense yeah let's talk about the uh budget how much do you think this movie made in the theaters? Hmm. I remember kind of being a big-ish deal. Like, if I went to just randomly go see it, maybe, like, $170 million. Okay, so this movie opened third in the box office behind King, Hon- King Kong. It was King Kong weekend. I did see King Kong And the Chronicles well. of Narnia, which I love. I've never seen Chronicles it. of Narnia. I've never seen I'm a nerd, it. though, like that. Um, That's a hard weekend to open on. Open on. Worldwide box office, this movie earned $92.9 million. Oh. That seems low. That does seem low. I'm assuming the budget's quite high for the large cast. Uh, the budget was. I did take this note, You too. have to pay a lot of people. $18 million. What? I think I think SJPPs and Diane are the really yeah, but the like, gets. At like what? $1 million, $2 million each? Like nothing. I don't Couldn't know. Couldn't be a lot. $18 there's really i mean it was all sets this movie yeah, it was all just sets. one basically. yeah elizabeth uh reserve relatively unknown claire danes you think would be expensive Ish. for like four minutes but it's too. 2005 i feel like we what we think that she would get i feel like she doesn't even get paid as much as we think in our head she should i think she's the ultimate she should get paid whatever she wants yeah i love claire danes i mean one of our finest yeah actors she's... put her in may december we're not talking about that movie right now we're not talking about that movie right now i was nice i'm i'm sorry if everyone thought that i was being mean i just i i literally hate this family and then i just i would i've left if this was if meredith was my daughter i'd be like get in the car yeah and leave and i will come pick you up i wanted to ask who did you relate to most in this movie like who would you have been in this dynamic probably Susanna crying watching judy mm, that's true yeah that's a good one i love that scene i cry every time i hear that song i love that scene who do you think meredith 
Really? The whole movie, I was like, yeah, I don't really like kids. I don't like when people touch my stuff. Uh, people, I always get like, like I got bullied in high school. People pile on me when I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, why don't anyone understand what I mean? Well, that's like, we always say you're maybe a little autistic. Yeah, maybe. I think it makes me uh, <laughs> more fun. when that <laughs> job what? interview? What one? Gave you shit for oh yeah i had so i had a job interview not that long ago like what like a year and a half ago and they asked my friend who worked there if something was if i no, but they didn't ask if i was autistic they asked me if i was a liar because i never looked them in the eye and i was like no i'm like mildly something i don't like i don't like looking people in the eye i, I honestly think it it's because my reasoning why i don't look people in the eye is because until i was about 12 no one no one took me to the eye doctor <laughs> listen and it turns out i was i have very very bad eyes and i like i was blind so i had never actually looked at people's eyes before <laughs> when we talked i never couldn't see them <laughs> you're gonna be okay so then <laughs> When I got glasses and I started being able to see people's faces, it felt really weird to just stare into their souls. So I didn't do it. I have literal tears coming down my face. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. That's my theory, but maybe it's something else. Joking. Honestly, more I'm and more. I'm just joking, but thank you so much for diving into Dude, this. More and more, I, I talk about how I can't, there's a tag on my shirt and I can't think about anything else or like the texture of this yeah. or the texture of that and... I do have little qualities, and one of them is that. I mean, I do too. I'm not like I. I have my own issues, deep issues. But I think about it a lot now because I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm weird because I won't look at them. Well, no. I mean, you can do look whoever you want. <laughs> like, it, just the, you can look wherever you want. I never knew the like. The, Chrissy game she still gets me every time <laughs> I think about this. And then you not. <laughs> me me literally almost not getting a job because they thought i was sus no but this you now not knowing that you had to look in people's eyes that's what i think it is because when i don't have my glasses on i can't see facial features have you seen that new interview with bradley cooper where he closes his eyes to think and emma stone is just like why are you closing your eyes he's like i'm thinking better i didn't even get that no i didn't i found that all the clips so awkward i didn't watch the rest of it it just looks like when two funny people think that they're really funny talking yeah which is why we have a podcast (laughs) so maybe we should watch it (laughs) do you want to tell everyone where they can find us and then tee up our next movie (laughs) okay so um, if you want to you know have a more well-rounded view of this podcast get to know us a little bit more see our tiki talkie see our instagram you can find us at comfort watch podcast on instagram and tiktok and i guess facebook yeah everything kind of just gets copied over there our instagram has like more stories and more fun and then we obviously have a tiktok we post clips we post other funny things fun facts uh, elizabeth just makes memes it's kind of fun and then if you want to email us i don't know why you you would want to if you want to tell us some nice things ask us some questions you're welcome to email us up at uh comfortwashpod at gmail.com and you can also leave us a review hopefully it's a five star and leave us a nice little comment we definitely will read it we might not know it's there for a little while because we're like bad at finding things but we'll find it yeah we'll find it we'll look it dead in the eye and find it yeah (laughs) (laughs) isn't it creepier if i stare at your eyeballs isn't that more sus yeah i'd be like is something wrong with this person they won't stop looking directly into my soul i'm not gonna hire them it's fine you're just so funny i love you they still ended up hiring me and i turned them down blindly (laughs) just 
shut your eyes and looked away. Get um, next week. Next week, we're to- watching The Holiday. And we're back with Nancy. It's not and even I's. next week. You know what? We're going to try and do two in a week. Yeah. Don't hold us. Don't hold us to this because someone could get sick. But two in a week is the goal. I can feel every joint in my knees right now, which makes me feel like I'm getting sick with like a different type of illness. Yeah, you have a fever then. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Quick, get my kit. <laughs> I have to draw the head from the fever from my head like Marmy. Oh, God. Get out of my house. Um, yeah, the holiday. Yep, the holiday. Jack Black, baby. How, which, what, is, is, what streaming service is that on? For Canadians, it's oddly on like CTV. Oh, okay. But there's an app and it's free, but there's lots of ads. Okay, that's the only thing it's on. It's not on anything. I have to find a way to watch it. Yeah, it's on. I just like to tell people in case they're like, I haven't watched it in a while. I want to watch no, it. No, I it, that movie became really popular a couple years ago on TikTok, and everyone started talking about it, and they just ripped it from Netflix. It was on Netflix from day one, and they as soon as it got popular, they're like, spend, Bye. Spend five ninety nine on this bitch interesting now so yeah it's on ctv app well you heard it there you heard it here uh until next time which is hopefully later this week unless libby's uh knees are any indication of an impending sickness (laughs) (laughs) stay comfy stay cozy bye-bye